Hi, my name's Andy Cope and welcome to the most uplifting podcast in the world. As a positive psychology researcher, I'm excited, delighted and honoured to be sitting in the podcast hot seat. The aim is to bring you guests who have something interesting or insightful or inspirational. They might have a story to tell, something clever, something simple, anything goes. We hope to inspire, educate, entertain and on a good day, maybe even make you chuckle. And why should you listen? Well, we figure life is relentless. It's full on. And most people are a million miles away from feeling as great as they could. So think of this podcast as a reminder or maybe a leg up to being a better version of you. Sometimes against the odds. So relax, open your ears, open your mind and allow me to bring you this week's amazing episode of the best podcast in the world. On with the show. Okay then, loyal podcast listeners, we've got a bit of a treat for you today. I want to introduce uh, Debbie Dealey to you. Now, she's the first uh, sort of podcast guest that we've had that I don't know a massive amount about Debbie and I don't know her personally. However, I'm aware of her work and I'm aware of her enthusiasm for something uh, around what we call the three principles. Um, And I've been looking for somebody on the podcast who I can lock horns with and talk about this for ages and ages and ages. So, um, Debbie, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. And, and, and I'm hoping that you can maybe and hopefully enlighten me a little bit and enlighten our listeners on the three principles because it's something I describe myself as a recovering academic. So I've spent 12 years doing a PhD and, and penetrating these unfathomable academic journals. And then this thing by Sid Banks comes along, which seems to me on the face of it, the most simple thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And it goes against all the academic training I've ever had because it requires you almost to to let go of all that and just go with the flow. So, so Debbie, t- tell me what you know and introduce me. Well, how did you come across the three principles in the first place? Okay, so um, about f- maybe four years ago now, I started uh, being quite interested in NLP and hypnotherapy. So I went off to get trained in that and took it to the highest level. I think I can train other trainers, kind of, that's where I got myself to. But all, at that point... I'd come across these three principles. And at first I fought it. No, 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 no. Don't tell me that I've been doing this to me. (laughs) I like myself. (laughs) And then it it kept coming back and kept coming back. And and then one day I decided, okay, 100% is coming from me. So then I started looking at my entire life from that angle instead of the angle I had spent my life looking at it as everything out there was doing it to me. Oh my gosh, you see straight away, straight away we're down some wormhole of, of uh, spiritual uh, kind of something or other that is, um, oh no, I love, well I love it and, and I would, I, before we go on to this, the world is doing it to us or we're doing it to the world, mm-hmm. um, I think that I, like you, like I said, I spent 12 years researching stuff and I would say the three principles for me is so interesting and so powerful that it knocks the 12 years of academia out of the park. Well, that, what I was about to say was the moment I took that step in my mind, the NLP and hypnotherapy made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> and I, although I had trained to that level, I have never, ever used any of it in any shape or form since. Okay, right. I mean, my interest is peaked and I'm hoping the, the listener's interest is seriously peaked, but we still don't know what it is. So what is, tell us what you know about Sid or who is Sid Banks? Well, Sid Banks was a, a, a Scottish welder uh, who ended up out in, in Canada and had this kind of enlightening experience that took him um, from being quite a miserable, angry man into uh, someone who felt he had to spread this knowing to the world. 
a Glaswegian welder. Hang on, we've, I've been searching, researching academic people who know their stuff and who've spent a lifetime for 50 years of, of stuff and now an, what a welder from Glasgow can... Exactly, exactly. You see, bonkers, so we could all it? get it. We could all get it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what he got. What was his thing? Oh, he, he um, well, basically what I've heard from it, and it's probably in its simplest form, is that uh, we are creating our own experience moment to moment through thinking the power of thought we are creating our own experience moment to moment okay keep going keep going so um three principles what are the three thought mind and consciousness okay now are we going to unpick those or we can't leave those hanging really can we we could pick the unpick them slightly i'm not um i guess i'm not uh yeah okay let's try it no i'll help you unpick them because i'm i'm like you i'm I'm on the verge of really getting this. And then some days I just co- totally forget it. And on the days I get it, I have brilliant days. But when I, when I, I get it, I live it, I, you know, and it's only, I mean, I'm only scratching on the surface of it. Uh, but the understanding that I have doesn't, um, I don't need to think of what they are, but I can understand that people need to know what, what they are. Yeah. So that the consciousness is, is the awareness of life without, without consciousness we wouldn't be aware that we are living. And the thought, thought is, is um, just how we operate all the time. We're we're thinking, we're thinking machines. We can't, you can't do anything without thinking. So, but we also have like 20, well, some people say between 20 and 90,000 thoughts running through our minds every day. Well, we can't keep track of that many thoughts. So the only thoughts that we engage in are the thoughts that we then create our reality out of. Okay. And, and quite often, I think, you know, from, from therapy and from, well, from most people listening to this, the thoughts that are brought to our attention quite often are quite negative ones, simply because of evolutionary, the way our brains have, have been developed is we are looking out for danger and, po- and, and problems. Um, and therefore, kind of quite naturally, a lot of people have a lot of negative chatter in their head, don't they? And I, I would say to audiences, if you spoke to other people, like you speak to yourself in your head, you would have no friends. Would you? <laughs> so we have this internal dialogue. I used to think it was just me that hated me, you know, in my head. And I found that everybody else hates themselves in their head as well. So, so I think Sid's thing is this, we've got this negative self-talk if we're not careful. So, so, so keep going, keep going. And I'll, I'll, I'll help you out and, and chip so with, in. With the negative thoughts, they're, they're only negative. You've, you've given them that meaning of negativity. <laughs> yeah. So, all thoughts are, are, are neutral. Oh my gosh! Yes, Go all on. neutral. Every single thought is neutral, and you are giving it the meaning, and then you are descri- you know prescribing whether it's going to go in the negative bank or the positive bank. Whereas in actual fact, all thoughts are, uh, can just pass by. You, you can just let them pass by, like like you know if you've got this between twenty and ninety thousand thoughts going through, you're letting a lot of them go by. So if you're letting the vast majority go by, you can let them all go by if you want to. But once you hold on to it, it's like a river of all these thoughts coming through and you get one little negative thought. Oh, someone looked at me that way. I don't like it. That's the first stick in the river. And then you start sticking a lot of other thoughts onto, oh, he does it all the time. And oh, that means this. And you suddenly start to give it meaning. More thoughts bank up, bank up. And before you know it, you've got a whole dam built up nothing can get past 
because all, all you're finding all the negative thoughts all in the stream anything negative anything that can build it up can reinforce it can make it very real you're holding on to all those thoughts to make it bigger and bigger and bigger so actually it's become something completely different to what it started off as <laughs> and if you realize when you when you know yes you can just let it go you let it go and they will flow through again Oh my gosh, you can just let it go. But I mean, well, once again, that tallies, well, that's a beautiful description, actually. It also tallies with what Sid talks about. He does a great quote in one of his books. He talks about, so traditional therapy is when you, when you lie on a couch and tell somebody about all your problems and all the shit in your life. Uh, Sid describes that as, as going into the shower to dry off. He says, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense, does it? It's ruminating on your problems. Mm-hmm. Is All you're doing is, is magnifying those thoughts of, of what happened in the past and bringing them into the now. And they're killing you. They're giving you an ulcer and they're killing you because, because you are attaching that negativity to them. Um, and also, and l- you're, not, you're not even, you see, um, I was talking to a lady once and she was really quite distraught that she felt someone had said something terrible to her. And, and then you know, it built up to this massive thing. And then I, I kind of sat with her for a while. And I said, well, you, so somebody said something once and it was a, a, a words strung together in a certain way. And you gave it the meaning that you gave it once. Now, that person, I can guarantee, did not give it the same meaning that you gave it and has probably not thought about it ever since. But you've repeated it to yourself now a hundred times, maybe more. And each time you've said it, you've probably said it with more gusto. You've, you've uh, filtered out all the, you know, to make it more real, make it hard, make it nastier and nastier. So this person said it to you once without the meaning you prescribed to it. You've said it to yourself 99 times or 100 times. So who's doing what to who? You see, my, head, my head's falling off again. With, with, with it, on one hand, it's so simple because it's all about your thoughts. And thoughts aren't real. I mean, thoughts are going to keep coming at you, but you are creating them. Um, I think it's more of an, I think it's, and I think once again, Sid, Sid describes it as an insight, not a theory. And so you can learn all the theories in the world. But I think one insight can blow it all out of the water. And for me, the, the, the three principles is an insight that changes everything. Because essentially, if you, if you try and sum it up in, in one go, you are, you are feeling your thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and once again, I, I, I quite often start my, um, my sessions with, with an announcement to the audience that your happiness isn't real. So I, I run courses on happiness and workshops on happiness and positivity. Your happiness isn't real. Your happiness is, so happiness isn't a thing. It's not got a shape and a mass and a form. You don't buy it from Sainsbury's. Happiness is a feeling. And of course, a feeling is only one place a feeling can ever come from. It's a mental construct, which means that a feeling uh, can only ever come from your thinking. Mm-hmm. So therefore, um, happiness r- involves a change in your thinking. And, and really we're saying that it's not the external world that is causing you to feel in a certain way. It is your processing of the meaning of the external world that is causing you. So it's not the, 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 some, the idiot cutting me up in the traffic that's making me angry. Yeah. It's the way that I'm thinking about the idiot. Straight away, idiot cutting me up in the traffic yeah. is me attaching a, a meaning to that, to that scenario, which causes anger. So, so changing the way you're thinking about, about external events changes how you feel. And, and, and your feelings are everything. We're driven by, entirely by emotions. We're emotional creatures. So if you get the feelings right, then everything else follows. I think that people get, quite, get hooked up on uh, how they feel they should be thinking. So in that scenario with the guy cutting you up, it's perf- probably perfectly reasonable that you get 
agitated in your moment because in your moment you've got you know you're bringing your stress you haven't got to work yet blah 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 you've got your own stress your own story going but that's fine and that's what all it needs to be and let it run let it go because you have you can't control your thinking you can't control your feeling all you need to do is accept it yeah because absolutely. we're going we're, we're think of a um you know like uh, if you're in the hospital and you're plugged into a machine that's that's going up and down like yeah that's all we are all the time we're doing like, and it doesn't matter but the thing is that people think they think it matters they think it matters when they're down here and they think it matters when they're up here and they think and it doesn't it's just the natural flow so it's so accepting so 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 i'm allowed to get road rage then you're saying i'm allowed to get road can. rage of course you can what because if you're trying to stop yourself from getting road rage then you're creating another layer of oh you know stuff on yourself pressure and expectation on yourself that that you can't meet in that particular moment because you're cross there's nothing wrong with being cross you see there's nothing wrong with with any of the emotions they're just part and parcel of life so so basically three principles at a, at a, at a deep, deep, deeper level will just allow me to let that go so i can accept it and i can feel it and i can move on because i'll know there's another thought on the way yeah, yeah. you know you always pop out of it you see our natural um is here and we're just so we're on that up and down and you just kind of uh just it, i think i found it easiest is if when i when i'm not angry and when i'm not you know it's terribly excited is is just to see it and the more i see it in day-to-day -day living then when when that drop hits i can just flick it i just find automatically i just oh okay do you know what i i feel exactly the same with you in terms of three principles um, has changed my life by making me a calmer person so i i refine myself in the last couple of years responding much better in the road rage situations or much better in the queue at asda or whatever it may be these tiny little fairly insignificant moments in my life that i used to get really stressed about and what i found is the three principles is really just let, lets me kind of let it go and move on um, yeah. and that's the biggest value for me actually it's the biggest the biggest benefit as well yeah. as living a bit more in the moment I, i've learned to do that as well because you see the thing is also that um i think there's a mistaken belief that the principles are a prescription and it's just a description of what every human being is doing on this planet. So there's no, we're very used to a world of giving you a prescription of what to do. You know, you need this to do that. You need this many steps to do that. You know, so that's what we're looking for. Something out there to assist us. Whereas in fact, you, you, you are your own best source of wisdom. You know, and you know that you know. And if you quiet and all that around in your mind, really and honestly in any situation you just quieten yourself down and don't let all those ideas stick to you and just leave it don't react in the moment let it just sit for a bit and then you know what you should do and if, if, so if you already know if, you already know that you know yeah, and if what you're doing makes you feel good you know you're on the right path and if what you're about to do makes you feel bad <laughs> uh, wait out a bit longer it's still reacting it's a beautiful thing okay <laughs> so uh, i i described I've, I've grappled with this in three books i've tried to write about it in three books and, and i've been dipping my toe in the water and i'm not really I, I love once again i think it's um i think actually i like i like sid's books but i don't think sid writes about his stuff as well as other people write about it i thought i like jamie smart and michael neal and elsie yeah, spittle's book i think is really good and she actually knew sid didn't she so and he, they talk about uh, gravity Right? You don't have to believe in gravity for mm. it to work. Gravity is just a universal law. Yep. Even if you don't believe in it, yep. 
when you kick the football in the air, it's still going to come down. And the three principles is almost like gravity. Whether you believe, whether yeah. you believe in it or not, is it totally irrelevant? This is exactly how everybody is, 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 is going to be programmed to work. So, an understand, so why don't we understand it? Why, have we, why is it not mainstream? If I found it really beneficial, and you have, despite all the academia that I know, this is the best thing that I've ever discovered. Why does the world not know about it? Um, I think that the majority, it seems like the majority of the people, if you go into the bookshelf, you know, bookshops and look at the shelves and things, it's all about, it's, they describe themselves as self-help books, but the self-help help books are pointing to something outside of you to help you. Yeah. So I think there's just a little bit of a twist in, you know, we're getting a mixed message and from, you know, adverts and all the rest of it, you know, on TV, you know, buy this, it'll make you feel better, go on this holiday, it'll make you feel better. We're getting the constant message. We're telling our children all the time, even from very tiny ones, first, start, you know, going into school, or even before that, we're, we're putting our insecurities onto these little people. So it, the, it starts almost you know, not soon after, quite soon after birth. And so we're programmed, we're being programmed down the wrong route. <laughs> okay. And if we all you know, just turn around and walk yeah. back in the other direction, looked in the other direction, yeah, it'd be the answer to everything. <laughs> Life would be different for everybody. Okay. We've got the answer to everything. <laughs> for everything, really. I mean, you, uh, I, I do think that's really powerful. What you just said, what you just said, I mean, basically you create you, don't you? You, you become the person that you think you are or you become the person that people have told you you, you should be. And I, I was in a school, I was delivering um, one of my odds being brilliant scene with year sixes. What are they, about 10 years old? And um, <laughs> apparently the teacher at the start of year six, the first sentence that she said is, welcome to year six. It's going to be dreadful because you've got sats at the end. So she set, uh, she set the kids up yeah. to panic in September about something that's going to happen in May. And yeah. I'm like, this is an, a layer that's added to these kids. That straight away, they're uptight about everything. Yeah. And, and so I basically, I try to use a try to use SIDS principles because kids haven't got a clue about any of this stuff. Not a clue. Why is it not on the syllabus? Why, why, you know, why, if, if I'm so convinced that it's, it's right and you're so convinced it's right, why does nobody, I still don't know why nobody knows about it. I know you can, you said that, that we'll, we'll get books on it and there's, there's this revolution of consciousness that's going on around the world at the moment, maybe. But I still think if you ask the average person on the streets of Derby where I live, tell them about Sid Banks, they wouldn't have heard of him. Well, they see, thing, I mean, things take a long time to get through. I mean, at the moment, it appears that they've got mind, is it mindfulness into schools. Now, I don't know how that's got in, uh, what routes and channels it took and how long it took to get it in. But I do feel if, if they've got mindfulness in, then, then there's an opportunity to get yeah. this in. Because, again, mindfulness is, is looking the other way. Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of a step, I guess. But kids are open to it. You see, kids get it very quickly. Indeed. I, I was talking to a young lad. He was um, at the last year of primary school. So maybe what, 10 or 11, something like that. And uh, he had come out of one school uh, for being bullied. He'd gone into another school, considered he was being bullied. And then there was some disturbance going on in the mind about, uh, with him and his family, about when he moved to secondary school, both these primary schools would merge. So then he would be bullied at the yeah. new school this September. And I spoke to him for about an hour and about 40 minutes in, I mean, at the beginning, he was crying. He didn't want to start, you know, he was really quite distraught. But left, you know, as soon as he started, right, no, I don't need to hear it. I don't need the story because if I heard the story, I was putting my own story, you know, attaching to it and then buying into it and, and helping him to see it as real. 
and I didn't see it as real. I just saw it as something I could see him in a mind storm. So we moved across. I told him a few stories, just kind of generally chatting. Um, and then about 40 minutes in, I went to get him a drink. And as I went out of the room, I heard him turn to his mum and say, Mum, thank you so much for all the ways you've been trying to help me with this. He said, but this is really helping me. Oh, my gosh. And when I came back, when he went to, to go at the end of the hour, he said, I can't wait to get back. I can't Because it was at the beginning of the half-term holiday. He said, I can't wait to go back. Right. Okay, he went well, back. And then when he came back the following week, because the that, that first time I asked him for three nice things to tell me about this bully, he couldn't think of a single thing at all. The moment he walked in my door the next week, he said, oh, you know what? So, 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 so. He's really funny. He's really... And he, and he just gave me a whole stream of these lovely words about this young boy and it, it disappeared okay i mean here we get we conversation incredibly powerful stuff then in in, in terms of basically in an hour mm-hmm. you've managed to make more breakthroughs than this lad's had in, in lots well, of it, it, but it wasn't me making the breakthrough it was just pointing him in a different direction and he found his answers <laughs> in whatever it was that i was saying which happened to say at the time it's genius, isn't it? Can I can I just relay a story again, very very quickly? That springs to mind is, and I'm not a, I'm not a therapist at all, but I'm interested in, and I don't want to put the boot in tradition to traditional um, therapy any more than I have to. However, my experience is, um, there's a guy contacted me, who, and I was piqued by the fact that he said I came on a course with with one of my team and he said what well, I, I disagreed with it he said because i'm perfectly happy being unhappy now i've never had an email like that before he's so so i followed him up. i actually went to see the guy and he's had i don't know if this is true but he's had uh, 35 psychiatrists in 40 years he's um he's 65 years old his, his body's packing up, his kidneys and all that is packing up. Because he's mentally really, really fragile, his body, his systems are all... So he, he's, you know, he's in a really, really bad place. I went to see him in the mental health uh, ward of a hospital and I sat and had half an hour with him. Now, I'm not trying to cure him or I'm not trying to do anything with him. I'm just interested in why he's, he's happy to be unhappy. Straight away, I walked in and he wanted to, me to hear his story which is interesting what you just said there. He was so well rehearsed in his story. I didn't even ask for it. He said, I suppose you want to hear my story. I said, well, not, not really, but I got it anyway. Right. Bearing in mind, this guy is 65 years old when he was 19 and he's got a horrific past. If, if what he told me is true, when he was 19, there's some awful stuff happened in his life. Awful stuff when he was 19. And he's, and you, he's then allowed, (laughs) I'm not saying that wasn't a bad stuff, and I'm not saying that's neutral. I mean, that's really hard to think of that as a neutral external event. However, what he has done is over a lifetime, he's, he's ruminated on that and told his story so many times that it's brought it back into the moment, and he's relived it as if it was happening right now. And he's had, let's say, 35 shrinks who failed to... Uh, they've all done exactly the same thing. Tell me a story. Tell me a story. Tell me a story. And his story's killing him. So I don't know what the solution would be to him other to understand that this happened when he was, this happened 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there comes a time where you've got to change your story. You've got to maybe come out of the story as a hero instead of a, a victim. Or there's, there's a, 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 must be a better way. Uh, he, it's ruined his life and it breaks but, my heart. He, he must, 
he must want to stay in that place or does do you feel that he doesn't really want to uh, well i don't know i mean he might be listening to this i mean we're keeping it anonymous obviously i have a feeling i came home and i had a feeling that he is using his story as a way of significance and he's actually he's buying into the fact that people are being sympathetic to us he may not he see if he's had all the, the these various people helping him he may who have been reinforcing the the, the truth of it for him he may not realize that there's another way if he's no. never lived another way he may not realize that there's another way he's had 35 people who are doing it one yeah. way yeah. and 35 people have failed yeah and i can't help thinking why are these 35 people who are qualified psychiatrists and psychotherapists and and clinical people why do they not know about sid's work why are we well, coming I, up think, to... I think um if you ever look what you know dr bill pettit is worth finding up on the or i can send yeah. you a link to him and listen he, he's not just going through a whole load of webinars addressing each of these kind of so-called illnesses or whatever um and so and he it, is a psychiatrist and he explains it very well so it I, I, it's beyond my you know really but um he says that in the mental health uh, training of all these doctors they get hundreds and hundreds of hours of you know lectures and all this kind of stuff on mental illness and only one on mental health <laughs> yeah well, that tallies with my experience of doing a degree. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. It's all skewed towards... Or looking at the, at the problem instead of, you see, with this, uh, you see, all, all the, there's about 400 modalities out there that can help you. They're all looking at the event once it's happened. And with the three principles, we're looking at the fundamentals of how it happens. And when you understand that, it doesn't, it, it doesn't happen so much. Or if it happens, you're looking at it quite differently. You don't need any of these things. Oh my gosh, you don't need any of these things. See, I don't know if you've, um, I'm also grappling with the Dan Eagleman stuff. Dan Eagleman's written a couple of really cool books and he talks about, if we just go a little bit deeper and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. And, uh, but, but I think he talks about reality and you know what, in Eagleman's book, he talks about what does your brain actually see? Um, and he lulls me into this. Well, my brain, you know, it sees, it sees the outside world. It sees the four walls. I'm sees the laptop I'm talking to now. Uh, but of course, your brain doesn't see anything because your brain is locked in a dark, silent chamber in your head. So your brain sees and hears nothing at all. So what happens is your, your eyes are, are perceiving images out there and light and things that are then are translated into vision. And, you're, and, and, and I try to write it in my book about um, when you watch a bumblebee flying around flowers at, the, at its purest level that bumblebee only becomes a bumblebee. It's basically molecules of energy buzzing around that our eyes intuit as a, as a, a yellow and stripy thing that we call a bee. The sound, sound doesn't exist outside of our brain. So what happens is the, the bee is giving off some electromagnetic radiation sounds that we then translate as, as a, a buzzing sound. So the whole of the stuff that's happening out there is... It's, uh, he describes it as a, as a rendition in a dark theatre, is we're creating everything. Mm -hmm. uh, we are creating our own reality. And therefore, we're constructing the world around us rather than the other way around. And, and for me, once again, that just turns everything on its head and it goes even deeper into Sid's work, really, is that our mind and our thought and our consciousness is, is creating reality. And the, therefore, the meaning we attach to it becomes crucial I'm, I'm going nowhere with this but so you yeah. see why i'm on the edges of nearly yeah, understanding see, what, how, that, how that fits in with, with my understanding of that there is no reality as such is, is I, I probably not quite so um probably i don't know 
more simple terms in, in okay. my opinion. Um, okay, so we're, we're, now, we're now having this um, talk. Now, if, I, if you go off and talk to your, your, your mate about it today, and I go off and talk to my mate about it today, I will only be giving my interpretation of what, it, what I thought it was in a snapshot, you know, if I've got 10 minutes to talk about it, it'll be a 10 minute snapshot of what I, of, I perceive. And I'll probably put myself in a fairly good light just because why not? <laughs> and you may go and do the same thing. But what you relate about it will be very, very different to what I relate about it, even though we may hopefully both go away with a good feeling about it. Yeah. The, the content of it is going to be so different and far removed. Now, the only way this moment is ever relived is either in your mind or my mind or in the minds of people who we've shared it with who are then taking off in their minds and doing what they want to do with it. So, which is true? Which is real? Which is real? Well, neither is real, nothing, I think. Nothing's real. Nothing's real. Nothing's real. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that can be saved. But it doesn't matter. It's free, it doesn't. It's freedom. It's freedom and happiness. Honestly, it's those two things <laughs> magnified. Yeah. It is. No, no, I know, I know, I know what you mean. And I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I feel, I do feel on the days that I get it and the days that I allow this, I allow my best self to come to the fore, which I think is really what it means for me. I have brilliant days and I'm guaranteed to have brilliant days. I have more of those. Yeah. So why can't I have more of those? I, well, I could have more of those. Yeah. You're forgetting to let go. You're, put, you're touching, you're making, you're taking life seriously. You're taking those bits seriously. I think I'm. I think I'm thinking too deeply. Somebody said to me, "If you're trying to, if you're trying hard, then then you're doing it wrong. You shouldn't be trying." There's nothing to try. There's nothing to try. And then it go. And then it go. And then then it happens. You see. Yeah. Because you're not trying to make it happen, or or getting frustrated because it isn't happening, or kind of, you know, agitating it along. You just let it flow. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And that's it does link beautifully with mindfulness and the now when we've got nothing but the moment and uh, all that kind of good stuff there. And I think I think it's quite reassuring that we're only ever one thought away from happiness. That makes me you know, give, gives me hope for everybody. Then actually, if happiness isn't real, then actually changing the thinking or or letting the happen the next happiness thought and jumping onto that happiness thought instead of a negative thought as it flows along the river gives us just makes us feel a whole lot better and once we're feeling better we're better able to cope with the world as it is and the world is does have lots of things in the external world that are stressful and pressured in the modern world so i think it is a massively hugely beneficial coping mechanism and to, and to keep the now as clean as it can be uncontaminated with yesterday <sighs> uncontaminated with your your yeah. vision of tomorrow because tomorrow doesn't exist yesterday doesn't exist like we just said it only exists in you know that moment just exists our moment we've discussed how it only exists or it doesn't really exist it's not true about this moment talking now that's the same with the entire entirety of your life so you can join this moment clean new indeed fresh and then that has a different feel to it because you're living now rather than living somewhere else and well yes i mean that is it's good stuff because i mean essentially that means that we, we we can only access the past from now so we can only imagine you know and think about it from the moment of now which is wonderful it's another, that's another conversation for another day i think is that kind of mindfulness stuff and the epigenetics i'm still gagging to talk to somebody about epigenetics one day which basically my understanding is and it isn't great understanding epigenetics means that if you get this right and you get this kind of mind thought and consciousness and you get this clarity then what well, actually that is not just a nice feeling to have it literally will rewire the circuitry of your brain 
and make you more predisposed to having more great uh, moments so it, it literally particularly when you're a kid if, if you can if the earlier you get this the better it switches your genes on and off so, so your genetic makeup is basically fixed but the sequencing of the genes is not fixed and 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 i think that the three principles and in fact mindfulness and and, and positive psychology generally helps you um switch the good genes on and, and keep the bad ones switched off which i think is just going to blow everything out of the water eventually when somebody cleverer than I can get their head around that and put it together with the three principles, then it's like, boom. Mm. <sighs> well, I'm not, I think I'm a bit clearer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, Do you know, the reason I think that it isn't mainstream is that it is so simple, mm. but also seems really complex in the modern world. Because like you say, it's, you're walking the other way to everybody else. Yeah. Well, everybody else is responding to external circumstances and external situations and getting angry about them quite often. There's a lot of angry people out there. I think walking the other way and understanding that you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. It's like thinking on steroids almost. But also, you see, you've got to take, you've got to, you've got to look at yourself, you see. You look, oh. you, you know, it's asking you to look at yourself. Well, we don't like that, do we? It's the world, that's making, it. it's the world that's making me angry. Because it's only our thinking that's making us scared about it. Whereas if it actually, if you just, you know, it's easier, isn't it, to, to blame that other person yeah. or to blame that or, or to sit in a, you know, I can't, I can't possibly lose weight because it's in my genes or because of this, that or the other. Then that's, a, that's, that's easier, isn't it? It is. It is. And it, well, it's excuses. And we're, and we're, and we're kind of brought up to... You know, you'll see it in school. You'll see it all around you. You'll see it everywhere. That that people, it's it's an as far as I can see, it's an easier it's an easier option. And that's just my thinking. It may not be true, but, <laughs> but who knows? But you know, you do. It does challenge you to look at yourself and take a little bit more responsibility for what's going on in your life. Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay. I no, I agree with that as well. I. Uh, um, well, I think it's that, you know, once again, in our workshops, we talk about the difference between your to-do list, all that stuff you've got that's screaming at you on your to-do list, and your to-be list. So who am I being while I'm doing that stuff on my to-do list? And I think it's that being, that it helps me be a better version of me on the days that I get the three principles, and I embed them, and I, and I, I stop trying to do them, and I just appreciate that this is just how it is. It's the gravity of the mind. Because that's another whole thing is, you know, like who's making up these rules of what you've got to do? <laughs> Debbie, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. It's the teachers, but, you know, in life. I need to go. I'm going to lie down and all this information. <laughs> Debbie, I knew it was going to be awesome. So thanks ever so much. I really, really appreciate your time today. And, um, and I, I would... Uh, urge anybody to either seek you out on social media or read in fact read the stuff or uh, what who was the guy you said that we should listen oh, to well, dr bill pettit um he's he's a great one for you know talking about various yeah you know, I, i've listened to him on, on youtube and there's yeah. there's really hour-long sections in fact you had a really good chat with him and that was what what uh, what sparked my interest in him and like i said the jamie smart books are, are really really cool uh Cindy Banks, you see, i would really keep pointing back to Cindy Banks because although you may find it difficult he he's not you see it's again we, we like to look for the how-to and perhaps out of uh the jamie smart people you're getting more of a how-to whereas with sydney banks you you, you needn't understand a, any word of what he's saying because <laughs> you're getting something from it 
that you're not being directed to get Summit. You're getting um, the answer for you. I'll revisit Sid. I love Sid. I love Sid to bits. I love the fact that he just kind of had this epiphany, mm. you know, a Glaswegian welder, and in doing his day job, and then he just realised he started laughing to himself, and he realised that everything that he ever knew was just yeah. he was just Straight done up. it all wrong. <laughs> I mean, if he can get it as a Glaswegian welder, then I, I, I should be able to get it as well. So I will unclutter my own mind and my own academic thinking, and just go with go with the flow. Excellent. All right, Debbie, fantastic. Thanks ever so much. Have a brilliant rest of the day, um, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And that, dear listener, is that. I hope you found it as interesting and as useful and as stimulating as I did. Congratulations, by the way, on making such a great choice of listening material. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I wish you well. You've been listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. Listen to and subscribe to all our podcasts at www.artofbrilliance.co.uk slash podcasts.